Hey guys, welcome back to Sessions. My name is Beth Wiley and I put out to my Instagram uh, a question about specifically what they wanted to hear when it came to the transition to parenthood. So in my last episode, I talked about transition to parenthood. Um, and as I listened back and even as I was talking, I realized there's so much. <laughs> and each thing I said could be broken down um, into probably two to three podcasts. So I asked, um, kind of cast a net to see what specifically my um, Instagram followers might want to hear. And one that um, kind of struck me was how to reconnect to your partner once your kids get a bit older. And I liked that question because, or that topic, because, um, you know, it is, it's kind of the, that moment, that like pivotal moment, right? That sliding door moment um, where decisions can be made, which can then determine the tra trajectory um, of the marriage, right? So let's take this back to pregnancy, newborn, like I call this survival mode of parenting. Um, when you have a newborn into a toddler, you know, there's those few years where <laughs> you're, I feel, I felt like I was, my, my job was to keep another human alive, right? Was to just make sure they don't die that day, whether that's falling off, falling down, running into the street, um, you know, you name it. So, once you get into that like five-year-old, six-year-old, up until about 10 years old, I would say, um, is where that survival mode, you're kind of done with that. And, you know, each partner's pretty adept at caretaking at this point. Um, you've done it enough. They're not as fragile. Um, you don't have to do every little thing for them. And that's often when you're going to start to see divorces in your friend group or, you know, at your kid's school, um, you'll start to see divorces pop up around kindergarten, um, first, second, third grade. Um, but then there's a lot of people that aren't, you know, getting the divorce, um, but aren't making that pivotal choice, right? Which is what I'm talking about. Um, and that pivotal choice will help to get you out of roommate syndrome or, um, keep you from entering roommate syndrome <clears throat> so kids get into school and now if not before um, you feel this pressure or this need or this desire to start to get them enrolled into activities sports soccer baseball hockey uh, lacrosse gymnastics dance I know there's a ton more <laughs> um, you know karate uh, basketball like you want to get them exposed because you know I what I have found is if you don't put your kids in early um, and they want to start playing at 10 it's hard you know kids have been playing since they were five not that it's impossible and you shouldn't try um, but it's like this kind of this notion that we should be getting kids into sports much much earlier than I remember um, growing up myself um, not to mention the kind of keeping up with or uh, wanting to be in in the crowd, in the group, in the cool clique, if you will, of other parents and their kids being on like the select team or um, the club team. And so that then ups your number of practices. And then you have multiple kids. So there might be 
a night where, you know, nobody's having dinner together or you have to eat at 4 p.m. or like 9.30 because in between that, nobody's home together. Um, you're not going to these games together or these practices together. You're just chaperoning, um, joining carpools, you know, taking kids from one spot to the next, um, just basically chauffeuring them around. And then on those weekends, those game days, typically, um, you're often, you know, divide and conquering, which isn't, I don't think, what a lot of us envisioned when we're like, oh, we'll have kids and we'll do baseball or whatever, and we'll go to these games together and it'll be a lot of fun. Um, that doesn't always happen. You know, there is this divide and conquering. And then that really, those like sports and those activities really become the whole priority of the family. Everything moves around them. Right, those for some reason get precedence and priority on the calendar. So if there's a game, oh no, we can't go on a date. There's a practice, no, no. We have practice. <laughs> Johnny's got practice. Um, and I think that's something to really think about when we start talking about intentionality and making those choices. Is that what you want? And if you do, no judgment, talk about it. Get clarity on it. Why? Why is this important to you as a parent? How is this affecting your relationship with your partner? You know, why do, why does or do the games, the practices kind of take the priority on the calendar? So as you're entering into that, that stage, I want you to think about what can and often does happen when you choose the route of activities over marriage, over family. What often happens is there doesn't be, the relationship doesn't have the time to foster, to, to grow, to um, build connection and then you get into the logistics right because now we're talking calendaring which I'm a big fan of but if that's all you're talking about to figure out where your kids are going then it's logistics right that's where we when we start to see the conversation become more logistical that's when we say we're now in roommate syndrome and once you hit roommate syndrome, you know, you, you, a lot of people I can tell, they kind of are in that friend zone and, and often not really in the friend zone, more in the like, oh my God, this person bothers me. I'm happier when this person isn't around than when they are. And then it really becomes hard to come back together. So, you know, like I said, this, this uh, Instagram a follower of mine who wrote how to reconnect I believe the kids were about eight and ten um, and I think it's just time it would be a good idea to say okay so where where are we right now do we feel like we're in roommate syndrome have I spoken to my partner about the desire to reconnect what are we willing to give up to find the reconnection 
You know what I mean? Like, so I think often it's like, okay, give me these ideas and that will help. And I have some and I'll, I'll say some for sure. Um, but often it's not necessarily the ideas. Like, I, like my ideas as a therapist are better than like my, you know, uh, peers who's a therapist, her ideas or his ideas. Um, like, oh, I wish I would have went to her because she's got the better ideas. It's really more about like, where are we? Like, in having that conversation, how did we get here? Who, who Did we make these choices intentionally? Or did we just do what other people were doing and thought we should do? Do our kids seem happy going to all these activities? What's it bringing to our family? What's it adding to our marriage? What do we want our marriage to look like? Because it's not just going to look like that. Right? We don't just hope and wish for something to happen. We can definitely shift our minds to a positive like habit of mind and look for good. But like just, just saying this is what I want my marriage to look like doesn't mean that's what it's going to do. You have to work it. You got to get the plan and then work the plan. So if I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, because I have a 10-year-old and I have a, a 6-year-old. You know, and so it would, it's important for my husband and I to right now start to say, okay, intent, like with intentionality, what do we want our marriage to look like? How much time are we spending on connection? How much effort and energy are we putting into, you know, dating and courting and um, romance, passion, sex? How much effort and energy are we putting into our family? And how does that feel? Right? Like, where, where's the balance? I mean, that's kind of the, some of the first things to think about. And then, like, what, are, what would we be willing to give up? How did we get here? How do we make decisions? Would we change the way we make our decisions? You know, I think those those are the first steps in these questions. Uh, you know, what do I want? And is everybody on board? <laughs> Does everybody want this? I think that's also one of the first questions. Like, are we happy with where we are? I think I've said this on, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I've said it before, which is, that's kind of the first question I establish with people. Like, are, do you acknowledge that like what you guys are doing isn't working and you're here because you want to do something different? Because if that's the case, then we got to do something different. That means some we have to all like everyone has to do some changing. We've got to change the way we talk to each other. We got to change the way we uh treat each other we have to probably give up some stuff so does that mean I give up you know control over the calendar or what might put my kids into is that when we back off the activities even if it means we don't get invited to um you know so-and-so's yearly barbecue do we say I had um my, my husband coaches um my son's baseball team and we had like a rain makeup game and one of the kids wasn't there. And so at the next game, we said, oh, hey, how you guys doing? You know, like, oh, where were you on Thursday? 
And they're like, oh, it was date night. So and I was just like, high five them so hard. I was like, you have no idea how impressed I am with that decision. They were not going to move their date night to do a makeup game. Date night was more important. And it should be more important. And I loved that. I thought that was just one of the greatest things I'd ever heard. <laughs> and everybody around us was like, everyone around them was cheering and, and thought, what a great idea. But I would challenge everybody around them to say that who else would do that? I don't know if everybody else who was cheering would do that. So if you're answering to those, que those questions, which are yes, or yeah, I, I agree what we're doing isn't working and I would like to do something. We want to do some, we acknowledge that we have to do something different. And then it is the question of, okay, well, what can we do? What are some ways that we can reconnect? And I would say, like, get out the calendar, right? And, you know, if you think about your job, I mean, you can think about it from the, from the practice point of view as well, right? Like kids have to go to practice at least one night a week. Sometimes they're like three nights a week, maybe even more. So anything about your job, like there's daily, usually check-ins, especially now that people are on Zoom, I feel like they're having to do way more like check-ins. And then, you know, you usually have some sort of call, um, maybe even once a month to check in with a manager um, there's so many offsites quarterly, twice a year that companies do with their um, employees for, uh, you know, team building or just getting excited. So think about that. So, okay, we should be talking every single day. We should be having some sort of connecting conversation every single day. How does that look? How do we make that happen? Where can we fit that in? Are you mourning people? So I get this one a lot. Oh, well, I am, but I'm not. Goes back to what are we, you know, do we acknowledge that what we're doing isn't working? Can you get up earlier? Can you have a cup of coffee with your partner? You know, or the other is, well, I have to go to bed. My eyes are, you know, I'm falling asleep at nine o'clock. Okay, well, can you stay up a little later? Can you put the kids down a little earlier? Right, so daily, daily check-ins, weekly date night absolutely I get a lot of pushback on finances and I get it doesn't have to be expensive it's also challenging when you have to find a babysitter we're in the midst of a global pandemic so I understand what I'm asking is somewhat feeling impossible in the state of a pandemic and then outside of a pandemic the financial issue is still there right I have to tell you if you go down this path, end up in roommate syndrome, and then divorce, that's not going to be the, the cheap way out. So go on a date. Even if that means you throw the kids in front of the TV and you have a date night in the house. You cook your own dinner. You sit down to it. You, don't, you get to an uninterrupted conversation where you put the kids to bed. You, you have a nice date night after they're asleep. Find the time. Carve out the time. It won't happen if you don't. 
quarterly, one night to two nights away. Right? It could be camping. It could be a nice hotel. It could be in the same city you're in in a hotel. You can go away for the weekend. So what I'm saying when, you know, this feels like, oh God, how am I going to find sitters? Now, start looking now. Start putting out your feelers now. Do you have friends that can watch your kids? That have kids similar ages? Right? If, if financially it works, can you fly a family member in? There are options. You just have to get creative. Once a year, I would like you to go on a week-long vacation. Just the two of you. And again, I'm more talking to those people with 8 and 10-year-olds, right? So I know that it's harder for people to leave for that long when they have younger ones. And some people, it's not harder. And I think that's fabulous. <laughs> so I'm talking about those who are in that, that real decision-making point of how are we going to, you know, jolt our relationship out of roommate syndrome or help avoid getting into it. And that is just, that's just kind of simple things, right? Putting that in the calendar. You know, but there are so many more. You know, there are, you know, leaving notes around the house. There are calling each other um, and initiating sex throughout the day. You know, starting a foreplay out at like a 10 o'clock phone call, text message, picture. So that the opportunity is much more likely later on that day than if you just walked into the bedroom after a very long day and the assumption is, oh, we're in the bedroom, here's the bed, that bed should turn you on and boom. No, put some effort into it. Put some energy into it. Be intentional. I have a weekly challenge that you can sign up for that I send out an email once a week with a new challenge. Those are great ways to stay connected or to reconnect. But again, it's not so much that these ideas are the best ideas out there and, and they're life-changing. I mean, sure, if you do them, they're definitely going to help. But you first got to have these conversations and you got to recognize, how do we get here? It's probably after you had your kid. And then it just kind of went unchecked. You know, so how much resentment is there? Is there any? Do you need help to, f to like talk through these things with a therapist? I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. <laughs> I always think you should. You know, they, the therapist is, would, is there to help you have those conversations. They know how to guide them and they... I'll speak for me. I know how, like, what questions to ask. So, yeah, I think if you're thinking to yourself, we're disconnected. I want to find a way to get reconnected. I'm kind of already feeling like we're roommates. I don't know what to do or say about it. And I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> Maybe you should talk to somebody. Having children is like, oh, God, it's, it's incredible, and it's amazing, and it sucks. It sucks. It does a lot of damage to the marriage, right? Like, we go from being these two individual people 
to parents and a lot of times people like navigate the parenting part pretty well or they you know I think you know are trying really hard right I'm getting my kids involved in all this stuff and my focus becomes them but like we kind of suck at the like marriage once the kids are born the marriage takes a hit it gets sidelined and so if it's sidelined for 10 years it's not just like oh let me pull it back out I mean, there's some damage. It needs to be talked through. It needs to be addressed. It needs to be acknowledged. And then it needs to be like, okay, so now we're going to do something different, which is going to feel hard and challenging because it's new and it's change. It's change. But it's necessary, especially if our co- like collective like joint goal is to have a more connected, healthy, fun, passionate, exciting marriage. I'm sure there's all kinds of other descriptive words I can put in there. And we got to do something different. We have to prioritize the marriage on the calendar over the kids and the kids' activities. Or at least be way more balanced about it than what I see out there. So get to work. Ask questions. Either to me by, you can check out my website, bethwileytherapy.com. My Instagram, which is like beth.wiley.therapy. You know, shoot me a a message. But I, I think what I mean more by that is ask each other questions. Figure out if what you want is to be more connected. And then start making those plans. And find a therapist. Find a therapist to work with. Read some some great books. If you're finding you're getting stuck. If you find like the conflict is too hard. Because sometimes that's all of it. Like when we're trying to manage conflict. And we can't. And then we just stay disconnected. And that's a whole nother topic. But you know if you think about. If you have children and anywhere between like 5 and 10. You're at that pivotal decision-making point and really wanting to think about how do we want to intentionally raise these kids and intentionally have a marriage you know they don't have to be in direct conflict with with each other there can be a balance okay thank you for listening i hope that brought some more insights into your journey of just finding ways to be a better partner and to show up as your best self. All right, guys, have a great day. Bye.